millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Good evening, listeners, and welcome to another audio edition of Shelf Talk with two of your outstanding Cedarburg Public Library hosts, Deb and Laura. Ladies, the shelves are yours. Welcome on this cold, wintry day in I know. February. I was telling Laura today that my brother, one of my younger brothers, is leaving for Hawaii, and I said, oh. take me with you. But anyway, yes. on to what we're reading and listening to this week. And you had, you're up first. What do you have for us? So I've been reading a couple books. Uh, one I'm, I have not finished. It's a rather large book. But it's a monumental task. Yes. I, I, I can tell you because I'm looking right at it. Yes. Right. Okay. I'm in the middle of one of those two and I only have two more, 200 more pages to go. Is that oh, all? Really? Okay. Oh, I have more than that. Yes. <laughs> You're going to be at this one a bit. When is, when is book club? So book clubs uh, next week. So oh, I have a lot of reading goodness, to do. Yes. So um, I was kind of hoping that we'd have one of those uh, polar vortexes where everything <laughs> will be shut down, and, and I can hunker down with, with my book. You're basing your success on a potential polar vortex, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, based on based on the temperature today, you're not far it's off. Possibility, right? It was, it's yeah. pretty chilly out there. It is. So uh, this book that um, our book club is reading is called Stamped from the Beginning by Ibram X. Kendi, okay. uh, The Definitive History of Racism Ideas in America. And it is a very interesting book, a very, I really, I really am enjoying it. Um, I haven't gotten too far uh, into it, well, but uh, it a is a progress. Yeah, it is a, it is a book that does require for you to sit down and um, be able to 
focused and think about because there's a there are a lot of things to think about um, that's in this book. So, but I highly recommend anyone that is interested in um, some of the cultural history in our country mm-hmm. regarding uh, racism. Um, if you want to educate yourself some more, um, this is a very good title. It's like so. a brilliant tie-in to our Bridge of the Divide project here, doesn't it? Yes, yes. it does. Yes, it does. Well, and and we kind of joked on the way down here to the radio room that our lives don't really lend themselves to long, concentrated, thoughtful reading of books, but this is one that you can really dig into and yes, really enjoy so right and learn learn a lot of things uh you know how um how our society has been structured and maybe we're not completely aware of uh the way the structure is for some people in this country and um and how we could maybe become aware of the structures and do something about it to make it more equitable for for everybody so and this is a book you're reading for a personal book club right yes but maybe that's something we can think about for one of our adult book clubs coming up yes could definitely explore it sounds like it'll be a good discussion yeah there's a lot lot to talk about okay so. mm-hmm. wonderful um and how many pages do you have to go well let's see here <laughs> there are i think there are a lot of um footnotes, like footnotes at the, at the, end. At the okay. end so so it's almost about 500 pages this okay. book. Okay, so, okay. Yeah. So hopefully, nice weekend curled up with your yep. good book here. <laughs> well, let's see. I was going to tell you I'm listening to a book called The Mothers, and it was a debut novel written by Britt Bennett. Um, it's narrated by Adenrele Ojo, and she is phenomenal. I think... The book is a an older title, but I was going to say when I was looking up who the narrator is, I did look on our Wisconsin Public Library Consortium. So for our e-audio, there are two copies available. So if anybody is interested after I tell you a little bit about it, just know that you can borrow today. So mm-hmm. um, basically the story is about a 17-year-old young girl Um named Nadia Turner, who loses her mom to suicide. Mm. And then she, it's kind of how this very connected African-American community rallies around her family, her father and and her during this time. But it's also about a secret that is kept um, in one line, which I thought was so good at the very beginning. It's it's almost the, the first five pages, I think, is this line all good secrets have a taste before you tell them and if we'd taken a moment to swish this one around in our mouths we might have noticed the sourness of an unripe secret plucked too soon stolen and passed around before its season Mm. so the mothers refer to a group of women in the church that this family goes to that discover something and the ramifications of what happens after um intersect lots of lives and so the the three main characters are um, Nadia and then she falls in love with the pastor's son Luke um, and then she has a best friend Aubrey and those three lives intersect in ways that I can't really 
um, tell you about without ruining too much, but I will say it's um, a wonderful story about relationships between mothers and daughters, Mm -hmm. um, how you move on from something tragic like what happened here, and um, I think it will will give people a lot to think about and talk about. So, yeah, I really enjoy those types of books that have uh, you know the, where they unveil pieces of the secret throughout the book, right? And, and slowly put the picture together so that um, at the end you understand what the secret is about, right? And, and then think about hmm. Well, okay. and I think it's one of those where it really does make you think about how easy it is to make a snap judgment about something you see or hear or believe right. without really maybe knowing the whole story mm-hmm. and how quick we are as humans to say, oh, well, that wouldn't happen to me or right. I wouldn't have handled it that way. But you don't know until you're in those circumstances what you would do. So, And the title again was? It's called The Mothers. The Mothers. And I think it it broadly refers to this group of women that are um, involved in the church, but I think it also, on a broader sense, mothers in general. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm I'm only probably about halfway through the audiobook. I was saying to you that I don't know what file I'm on and of how many, but Mm -hmm. it really has been um, very thought-provoking audio. So I encourage you to check it out. All right. And we'll be right back. with Shelf Talk and uh, two librarians. You have not just one, but two librarians talking to you today. So, uh, you know, it's funny, Deb, the book you were talking about, The Mothers, uh, the movie we showed last night for Cinema Club, Jules and Jim, Mm -hmm. French film from 1961, um, deals with um, characters of making questionable choices in their lives. And it was really interesting. We had a crowd of about 16, I think it was 16 last night. Um, half the room had a certain, no no two reactions were the same to the mm-hmm. film. And it was awesome because it was like um, <laughs> a character making very bad choices, life choices. Mm-hmm. And people were um, very judgmental of this mm-hmm. person. And the other half of the room was like, no, no, that's just what, how life is. And mm-hmm. right. you don't know their background. And mm-hmm. so it's... You haven't r- walked in those shoes. It right. is, yeah. Right. And, and I found the people who are more judgmental were um, the older people in the room. And the younger people in the room were much less judgmental about this character who mm. makes cho- uh, makes a choice that, frankly, leads to death. Okay. And, um, and still... And I, you know, I was very surprising to hear uh, the disagreements that cropped up in the well, room. <laughs> and I think I'm constantly amazed at how different people, it, it, that's reactions to a film, but mm-hmm. different people reacting to a book where, and I don't know if you've done this too, but I've finished books sometimes and gone to Goodreads to see, oh, let's see if people thought like I did. And I'm always astounded at a book that I adore. And then I see one star, half a star. Oh, couldn't finish it. I'm thinking, yeah. did we not read the same book? I right. don't know. Yeah. It's it's kind of <laughs> crazy. So well. yeah, I think you bring your own life experience yep. to a 
to a book or to a film. And I, I just think it is, uh, it is easy to judge what you would do in a situation without being in that situation. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And it's funny, it's been 15 years since I saw the film and I felt completely different about it. And so the film is the same, but mm-hmm. I changed. Absolutely. Right. So, and yeah. where you are so in life that, and what you're experiencing at the time can make or break, you know, whether you like something, don't like something. And yeah, I think that's a good point to revisit things. Maybe you didn't like you know, a classic when you were in high school because you were forced to read it, but try it as an adult. And I think you'd find a whole different take on it. So, Sure. I'm, I'm sure that societal norms have changed too, you know, between the two oh, oh, definitely. generations. So they sure. would have had a name for this uh, uh, character and the name would be at a minimum bipolar, certainly. Mm-hmm. But this was 1961. Mm-hmm. They didn't have that word. Did you not didn't, right, really right. You exist. didn't have that diagnosis. Yeah, then, they were so. just kind of crazy. Yeah. So yeah, right. Wow. Unfortunately, yeah. Well, good turnout for the film. That was great yeah. to see. I was shocked. <laughs> yeah. And they were still talking about it at closing, so you know <laughs> yes. it was an impactful film. Uh, yeah, so that was great. Now, was this a movie that you watched through Canopy? I absolutely streamed the last night's film through Canopy. We had a few little uh, technical hiccups, but oh, we'll have did. to work on yeah okay. some audio issues that we've talked about. But I um, I talked to David today about it. Hey, we're kind of having a library meeting here on the air. I like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is what we talk about here right. at CPL, um, and we will be working on those. But uh, by and large, it worked out really well. I mean, it's nice to not have to go fishing for DVDs or Blu-rays. I just uh, click it, and it looks great in the community room, and it'll look great in your living room, too. Exactly. Yes. So if you so, missed last night's show, Yes, yes, you can. Uh, if you are a Cedarburg library card holder, you can stream Canopy uh, from our uh, service, Canopy, these yep. p- these uh, same movies. From so. the comfort of your Barca uh, Lounge. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Ten, ten movies a month, and if you need more, well, geez, I don't know. <laughs> Come down and get some DVDs and Blu-rays. <laughs> right, to fulfill your time. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, so you had another book you were going to talk about. Yes, I so um, I'm sure I'm not alone in this, but I read multiple books at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> depending on what my brain can handle. Exactly. So, <laughs> so, you know, I have my heavy stuff and I have my lighter stuff and then I have things that I'm curious about because I have no idea of a particular author. I haven't read him before, but um, but this particular book that I'm going to talk about, um, I this is one of my favorite books. Uh, I've This is my fourth or fifth time reading this novel because oh, wow. I actually own it. But sadly, this time I ruined my copy by spilling water on it. Oh no! Very bad. Oh no! <laughs> but it was a paperback version, so I'm now going to treat myself to a nice hard, hard copy cover. Uh, of um, of this particular novel. All and right, it's called, now I'm dying to know what is it. What is your favorite? Well, it is called Not Without Laughter, and it's written by Langston Hughes, who oh. was an African American poet. poet. Yes. And he was known as a poet by the age of 21, so he was very young when he um, became very successful. Was he discovered at 21, or was it more he just became known? He became known um, more for his poetry, but Not Without Laughter is his debut novel. And I I just love it because it gives you a... A very good sense of what life was like, um, and the and wasn't he in Harlem? 
Uh, he was considered of, part of the Harlem, Harlem Renaissance. Renaissance. Okay. Um, this book came out in 1930. Wow. And it, uh, so it's a book about the experiences of working class and poor African Americans. Um, it also has themes of how important black music is to life. Okay. Um, and also it has a lot of different, um, nuances of language in there so there's you know black language and then more proper english um and then uh so it it talks about it's a coming of age story of a young um boy who's living at home with his grandmother and his mother and also his aunt but um uh his father jim boy kind of filters in and out of the story because uh his father tends to go off and find work and he's traveling around and he, you know, he ends up where he ends up. So, um, so it's, it's, um, basically chronicling his Sandy's life. That's the boy's name. Um, how, how he comes to terms with growing up and realizing that there are black and white worlds that, um, that is part of his life. Um, and trying to find his place within it. So, and seeing how his grandmother, who was of the older generation, who still talked about slavery times, right, and then how his uh, mother and his uh, two aunts, how they um, ended up living their lives. Um, so his own mother was considered more traditional she was a maid in a white woman's home mm-hmm. um and then his older aunt tempe was a person who had been a maid but when her um employer died her employer willed her a house wow. and she was able to move up um in a more um middle class uh society so um, and she was also married with no children. So she she was very, temp, Aunt Tempe was very much interested in um, becoming middle class and forgetting the working class part of her family. So there was that kind of tension there too of um, how Tempe dealt with her own mother and her um, kids. But temp, Aunt Tempe ends up having a very, important influence on Sandy's life because when uh, later on in the book um, Sandy's mother uh, decides to follow Jim Boy, her husband, mm-hmm. to to uh, a different town to go and work and Aunt Harriet, the younger sister and aunt of Sandy, uh, also has left home. And uh, his grandmother passes away, and Aunt Tempe then decides to take him in for a little while um, until uh, Sandy's mother can afford to send um, for train fare. Okay. Yeah. So, so then Aunt Tempe is very um, demanding, and her expectations of Sandy are that he is supposed to go to school, which he has no problem with. He's very okay. studious anyway, but um, she also uh, opens up a world of more books for him because she was the one person in the family that has uh, purchased him books. and Because al- she was the only one that could afford it, probably, <clears throat> right? Right. Okay. So... Um, 
And then she she corrects his English, how he speaks, and uh, buys him, you know, nice clothes so that, uh, you know, and she she also expects him to have an after school job. So he, you know, he's learning how how to, you know, earn money and go to school. And um, and then the, the story ends in kind of a sad but maybe hopeful note. Um where he ends up uh, joining his mother, but his mother, uh, it 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 comes to be that his mother can't afford for him not to work. Okay. So she's pressuring him to drop out of high school. Mm. Um, and but then the the two other aunts, Aunt Tempe and Aunt Harriet, come in and are very supportive of. Sandy finishing high school and making more from his life than just being a an elevator boy in some hotel. So, so um, and this book is supposed to be a, a bit uh, autobiographical. I was going to ask you that if it was life. based on his. So own. yeah, so I I find it uh, reading it you really get a sense of the places where Sandy goes because uh, he had. And in the book, he is part of the situation that's going on at hand, but then he's also a little out of it. And you really get the sense of that he's able to step back and... Kind of observe. Yeah, observe what's going on okay. and make um, some some theories of what's going on. Okay. So, but, uh, you know, you get a, you really get a sense of place and life and the characters in this book. So when you've reread this at different periods in your life, has has it changed how you look at it? Well, I've only read it as an adult. Okay. Um, so maybe if I had read this when I was younger, uh, I might not have enjoyed it as much just because... Um, Perspective and yeah, I think life the, experience. Yeah. Yeah. Makes a big difference. So I I highly recommend this book if you haven't read uh, Not Without Laughter by Langston Hughes. And I think I only knew him as a poet and mm-hmm. his poetry, so I didn't even know he had a novel. Yes. So. Uh, he did write some more. Um, I think it was 30 years later he came out with another book. But um, this definitely is a really enjoyable read. All right, and tell me the title one more time. Not Without Laughter. Not Without Laughter. What a mm-hmm. good life philosophy. Yeah. All right. Well, it's funny, you were talking about your f- favorite book that you like to read and reread because my all-time, I think it is, my all-time favorite book is Marcus Zusak's The Book Thief, which I've read, I've listened to, I've reread, I bawl my eyes out, I just adore that book and I love his writing. And so I happened to see him when he was in Milwaukee touring when he came out with the 10th anniversary edition of Book Thief Mm -hmm. and I had him sign a copy for my dad and it was going to be a gift and he was so personable and he's Australian so the accent right there he had me so just a charming man and I just love the way he writes and he was talking about a book that he'd been working on over the 10 years since Book Thief came out. And so it was released last year, and it's called Bridge of Clay. And I think I I told at least three people today, I was bawling my eyes out this morning reading the end of it. And it's just the way he writes breaks my heart sometimes, but he just develops these stories. And 
you find yourself woven in this tapestry of this um, family, the Dunbar family mm-hmm. of five brothers and their mother and father, Michael and Penelope. And it's the story of their family, um, but it's told in bits and pieces and, and he breaks it into eight parts and each part has a new title that builds on the other. But I think partly why I loved it so much is I grew up with three brothers and it's just the rough and tumble, mm-hmm. just uh, fighting and scrapping and boisterousness of the house. And it it made me think when I was in, in high school, I had a best friend who was an only child and I loved to go to her house because it was quiet and nobody bugged you and it was just lovely. And she loved to come to my house because it was chaos and crazy and she thought, this is great. So I think... I related to those parts of the story mm-hmm. of the the brothers, but um, there was so much more to it. And I think it made me think of the book you talked about last week, where it was the Odyssey told or Iliad told from the women's oh, perspective. The silence of the girls. Yeah, those, yes. Uh, so the mm-hmm. Iliad and the Odyssey feature in this because the mother, Penelope, grows up in Russia and her father... Um, is training her to be a classical pianist in hopes of getting her out of a communist country. So sure. you you get some history, you get art, you get music. There's just so much to this, and I could gush about it all day. But mm-hmm. I just, uh, I will say, if you have a chance to pick it up, this is one of the books, like I said, I finished it today, and I went on Goodreads and thought, let's see what, and I thought... How did you put this down? How did you not like it? Because it was just so mm-hmm. well written. And I think um, he just has a way of crafting the stories so that you you feel in your heart for each of these five boys and what uh, what transpires to this family. But it was just a, a beautiful book. So I highly recommend it. It's a young adult title. The same with Book Thief. They were both... Um, published as young adult titles and I mm-hmm. said I think these are two young adult titles that everyone should read so adults don't let the young adult label stop you from picking it up um, and I did look up the audio is actually narrated by Marcus Zuzak so oh, if you're okay. like me and you like that Australian accent sure. he's just so lovely mm-hmm. I would say check out the audio as well but this one I did read and I okay I'll stop talking. You got me. I, I adored it. I, I live okay. in a house of chaos with five children. <laughs> right. And um, it was funny, the other night I was reading this uh, insufferably long but absolutely beautiful book that I'm enjoying at this, you know, it has me basically as a political prisoner right now. I can't get I away from this I remember you saying, yeah. You're, Imaginary you're friend, still, Stephen yep, Shabosky. Yep. It's wonderful, wonderful, but my gosh, it's long. And anyway, my kids were uh, rough and tumbling that night and they kept apologizing to me and saying, oh, sorry, Dad, you're reading. And I said, no, no. It's I I need that. That's I focus better when you guys are being loud, and I, I'm going to miss that so much when you guys are no longer here. And you know, and then they said, "Don't worry, we'll never move out." I'm like, "Oh, yeah. thanks, <laughs> thanks, guys." Yeah, okay. The ultimate threat. Yes. <laughs> I didn't say that, you know. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I um, now the book thief was told. I've, I I read it a long time ago, but. I thought it was, it was being told, in the YA, but by, by God, told basically. by death. Death, The yeah, book right. was narrated by death. And I think some people were like a little bit off. It was off-putting to have death tell the story. But it, it pulls was, it off, though. He totally oh, pulls it off. Incredibly. And I said he took um, you know, a World War II mm-hmm. time frame, but 
it's it's love, it's loss, it's grief, it's 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 remarkable. Okay. It's a Again, remarkable piece of one work. One of those one of those life changing books for me. Yeah. I just if I could gift a book to everybody that yeah. I love, that's the book I give. Um, but I would say with Bridge of Clay, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, this better be worth the wait." And I I do think his writing to me it was worth the ten years it took him yeah. to put this together. And I I do think if you um, if you dive in it it's kind of like the book you were talking about at the beginning where you need to kind of concentrate as you're going because it is hopping around from brother to brother and mm-hmm. different perspectives and the whole story is told by the oldest brother Matthew but the story is about the fourth brother Clay and just um the way they weave the the family life together I, yeah. yeah it's yeah. just it's beautiful. it's funny uh the the, Shabas- the Stephen Chbosky book I'm reading uh also was 10 years in the making because uh, he had yes, published, because uh, he had perks of being a right. wallflower, yeah. and that was. And yep. this book, it was funny because I had a stretch, <laughs> part three. For those of you who are reading along with me, uh, part three is a, is a slog, and I was reading it thinking, why, why is this doing this? And now I see what he was doing, and I'm in the hands of a master. I like. Okay. I understand why he paced the story the way he did. I mean, it really is a masterful, and it looks like it, this is a book that feels and looks and reads like it was ten years in the making. Okay. So it's not a rush job. Right. And oh. so it really is, uh, it's, I'm very glad to be uh, a prisoner of this book. <laughs> no, that's that's good. And I, I think, yeah, I think this is that kind of book, too, where you're awesome. glad it took him 10 years. And it's on my it's list. Out, so. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week. Tune yes. in next week when we have more shelf talking to do. You know, uh, Keith Richards said, When you're growing up, there are two institutional places that affect you most powerfully. The church, which belongs to God, and uh, the public library, which belongs to you. The public library is the great equalizer. Indeed. So please come see us a guest shot from library. We had a guest shot of this episode from Keith Richards. How nice is that? sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.